much for joining us again. This is actually the third episode of the You in Attitude, where we talk about putting your attitude as the number one priority because, let's face it, it's the number one thing that we can control when everything else is outside of our control. That is actually the one element that can remain in our control. And I have got the great privilege today of uh, having uh, Coach Robbie Nicholson on with us today. He has an incredible story. Um, came from, from coaching, was coaching when I was in high school and uh, back in 03. And then, you know, circumstances that we can't control can be very, very painful. And uh, I know that from, from my life, and I, I know that from uh, the things that I experienced as a child, some of the things that uh, my wife and I have faced as a couple. And uh, that is something that uh, Coach Nicholson is, is very familiar with. And he's actually taken uh, this, this attitude first approach to it. And uh, I, I'm inspired by that. I, I'm, I'm thankful for him and what he is, is doing. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, Coach, and, uh, you know, kind of introduce yourself to the folks who don't know you. There's going to be a good amount of people probably uh, listening to the podcast that um, are familiar with you, um, and that's great. But just uh, introduce yourself. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you got started in coaching, and uh, we'll dig into – uh, the nitty and the gritty of what life has done uh, with you, for you, and through you uh, here in the coming few minutes. Thank you um, very much. Uh, so I'm sorry about my voice, but this is what I was left with. Um, so I got an encoding a long time ago for two reasons, which most people do. One is because there had been meaning you still love the sport. Um, number two is you really like molding young young men. And I say that in my life because I had a good role model myself with my father. And that's why I got coaching. So at an early age, I was able to produce that and and it, it helped me a lot. Now, with that being said, you know what I'm going to say to you is true. I'm not going to uh, give you a bunch of good version on that. I'm just going to be real, real with you because I don't mind bragging on myself because I've learned. Uh, I'm a guy, <clears throat> if you ever have a problem, I've never transferred blame. My ship out always has to be clean. I always point that finger right at me and say, what can I improve on? So August 1st, 2018, I had a major stroke. And when I say major, I'm telling you, it's, I had four strokes at the same time. So um, they got the best of me. Um, I've fallen down a lot in life, which and the game of baseball, I went to Baylor, and, you know, you learn how to film, okay? 
why you play the game? I have no idea. But you learn how to get up and move forward because that's winning and done. So in life, same thing. But this turtle was a little bit taller, and I needed help with this one because I had no clue what I was going to do. Now, I was stubborn, okay? And when I had the stroke, I felt like I could do it anyways. Well, shoot, I was wrong. So when I first had my stroke, okay, my dad passed away about eight months before. I had my stroke. Then my ex-wife, she divorced me about four months later. So basically, I didn't have anyone to talk to but nurses. So I was kind of upset. Well, I was very upset. I was upset with the lost thing, but I was upset too of how it was. Um, and then it took me about a year or so to wake up. And I woke up by, um, you know, YouTube. Um, YouTube with sermons. Now, that got me through the day. Because I'll be honest with you, I was bored. And that's what got me kind of going throughout the day. To the point that I got to reflect on my life. And what I say now, I can't be the only somebody in this world that's like this. So what I mean by that is before my stroke, when I looked at myself, I always wondered why I had two lives. One life. It's coaching my life, working family and friends. Mm-hmm. And I live differently. I always wonder why I was better cut. It's because I put others in front. And I didn't worry about myself. And um, I, I just kind of went on one day. And when I went home or when I went to work or went hanging on friends, it was my way or the highway, my, meaning my eyes, not his eyes. So when it's your eyes, you're going to make mistakes because the foundation of commandments or rules are not established. So, yes, you might have your ship cleaned in your eyes, but not your ship cleaned in his eyes. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So what I mean by that is, <clears throat> though, as a man, there's so much more that religiously you're supposed to do that I never thought about doing. That's important. And I'm calling myself out. And, you know, I believe in not how you start, but how you finish. The greatest miracle you could never forget is getting a heart of stone taken out and getting a new plus heart of his son, Jesus Christ. And honestly, I have that to the point that I can reflect back. Did you read the Bible? Yes, I tell you it's about them. But once I look at the mirror, and when I when I deeply think about it, no, see it's her. And only I know that and God knows that. God didn't make an accident. He doesn't make accidents. My stroke puts wake me up. Wake me up and learn. Learn from my mistakes. Again, I'm a man that transfers blame to himself. I'm not going to say it was an accident. I'm not going to blame on that because there's no accidents. And this is the best, worst case scenario that ever happened in my life. 
best case, it will be at worst case. Now I'm in a hole in my apartment and, you know, I lost everything I loved. So everything I loved was outdoors. Um, I can't do that. I'm in a chair and um, still today. And like Paul, I'm on Buford and Sager. So the worst thing you can do to someone like me is put myself in sit-down position because um, I wanted to get up and go. Um, you know, I'll work out with the time. Uh, you know, it's hard. Um, to the point that everything that I want to do in life, I can do. But I can make sure I have two kids. I can make sure my two kids uh, follow the word. Now, understand something. I would tell my parents, but I can say that I understand that. I understand. I would say that same thing, but you know they don't. Um, to the point that, you know, I got to keep Harper's on that. And then I, I didn't get it as a child, but that seed was sown by my parents. And during the stroke, I think it got watered to the point that I'm starting to fall up. And it somehow starts hay feathers. But yes, because I see in the continuous prayer from my parents, it finally got to the point it needs to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I sit every day and regret what's happened in the past. And that was the one thing I told everyone not to do is regret. Mm -hmm. And here I am regretting. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm very proud of, and I believe when you coach, they, you control your efforts. Um, and so when you play, expect the efforts to be there. That means if you make an error or things don't happen in a way that doesn't happen, as long as you you tried hard. That's all anyone ever can ask. Can't get upset with narrative. You know, I got to look at myself in the mirror and say, did you practice them enough to give them the best opportunity to make that play the game? Yeah. That's what you have to do. But instead of your best effort, I never once to my players, there was a comment that said, keep your eye on the ball. Of course, I said that. And then at the very bottom, I said, keep your eye on Christ. And I looked back at myself. And, you know, maybe I told my, my team once or twice to do that, but not enough. I love talking to my preaching to them. But if I'm talking about control your efforts, control your efforts with the Lord, too. Uh, I, I can, you know, uh, I don't mind talking about it. I don't mind calling myself out because at the end of the day, it's not about um, myself or you. It's about the point that when I had a stroke, I was on the floor for eight hours. And I didn't know if I'd have gone to heaven or heck, to the point that, um, you know, uh, why I say that is because, you know, believing. Well, of course I believe, but did I believe? 
Because if you truly believe, then why you not reading the Bible? I have no idea. Those two things don't go hand in hand. So I question myself to a point that I don't live life with a question mark. And because of that, I want to speak up and talk about this because I think that's true. And you might not have a problem with this. You might not you might be okay. But there's too many people in this world that are going down where they think you never know what's going to happen. But if you're not right with Christ, then you're going to a spot you can't even imagine. But that, um, I know I will have eternal life in paradise. Amen. And yes, it seems like I'm struggling now. And trust me, I, I, I can't imagine anything worse. But the, there, I mean, in the end of the day, there's worse, believe it or not. But, you know, everything on my body is messed up. Um, I'm even using on dominant hand for everything. And again, I found out very quickly how uncoordinated I am on my left hand. But at the end of the day, at least I know where I'm going when I die. I did not know when I stroke where I've gone. I thought where I go, but I did know for sure. So that's your now. Part of my testimony, um, you know, growing up disabled, I I always wanted to not be disabled, and it it was a uh, it was a struggle for me to 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 find out why God made me the way He did. You mentioned earlier, uh, you know that. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't have accidents. Um, so the way he created me, and even with your stroke, he was in control of that. Uh, what was his purpose behind it? And, you know, I tell when I tell my testimony, when I share my testimony with other people, uh, one of the things that I say is, um, Coach, I probably would have been playing baseball with you guys uh, if I wasn't disabled uh, back in the day. Uh, God did not allow me to do that, and uh, some of the struggles that I had to deal with because I was different, because of uh, the social aspect as well as the physical aspect of just standing out in the crowd um, and not looking like everybody else, um, God used that to bring me to Him. Um, and, you know, it was, it's, I, I can't with, I can't with a lot of certainty say that if I was not disabled, that I would know him today uh, because I would have been the guy that was self-sufficient. I would have, you know, I played wheelchair basketball in high school, extremely competitive, won uh, national championship as a junior in high school. Uh, so the, the athletic comp- competitiveness was it's in my blood. Um, and I know that in my in my flesh I'm a jerk. <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, I would have 
I don't think I would have come to the Lord. And so I'm, I, for myself, the reason I say that, uh, for myself, I, I'm very thankful that he loved me enough to create me with the broken body that he did because he knew that my mind and my heart that's what it took to grab me. That's what it took to pull me in to, into his arms. And I, I, I kind of, I, I, I think, Coach, that, that is, that's something that, that you feel as well. Am I right? In a, in a way. And, you know, I tell you that because um, it's very hard to hit the prod button and then forget what you love when he did it like you didn't have the chance i did so yes i'm fortunate what you do um but the fact that we're two and a half years into it i have cried every day and i'd never thought i would cry but i cry every day um i'm get over all this um but i also know that uh, if i'm ever going to have a future. Um, I gotta be happy. And now I've not been happy and doing that fears because it's been hard because here 45 and um, you, you can do that stuff anymore, which I'm on the outdoors working. Uh, so everything I like to do, I can do anymore. Um, I, I'm not a game person. I'm I can't read because I can't see. So um, I don't know what to do, but listen to sermon. So um, to, to that point, so I wouldn't say it's either said done. I'm there. I'm not. Um, I'm trying to. Um, I got a long way to go for you. You got to start. Um, I'm just a man that just confused me. So, but things um because of my nature, when God needed me, he made me active, you know, and he made me to be a movement shaker. So this painful, but yeah. I do believe in molding young men, being, helping others, because I don't want anyone ever, ever to go through this and ever question himself. So, um, you know, Life is supposed to be somewhat happy, and life is hard, and life is really hard for me right now. But I'm trying to ease pain of life for others, and that's what I'm trying to. Absolutely. Uh, so, man, that's that's good. Uh, you know, when when I think of what God has done in my life. Uh, so let me touch on this for a minute. Uh, my wife and I got married in April of 2010. So this will be our 11th anniversary coming up um, here in the next week or so. Uh, for all of my life, I'll, I'll speak for myself. And my wife, Shauna, would tell you the same about her. Uh, I was I was born as an only child. I've got actually a couple of uh, siblings, a brother and a sister that uh, were were stillborn, 
before I was born. So I've got a couple of, uh, I got a brother and sister that are waiting on me in heaven. That said, I was raised as an only child, and I always wondered why I, I couldn't, I couldn't have, couldn't have uh, a brother or a sister. So uh, for me, growing up as as early as I can remember, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, and, you know, I grew up in church and I, I grew up with the custom of praying and things like that and asking God for uh, things. For as long as I can remember, I, I said, well, I'll be a dad someday. And specifically, I'll be a dad to a little girl. And uh, when we got married uh, in April of 2010... In July, I found out that I was not going to be able to provide children for my wife in the traditional sense. And my wife, she, she'll tell you the same thing. She grew up, um, she, was, she was the one that was always taking care of her dolls as if they were, they were her children. And, and uh, she couldn't wait to be a mom. And in addition to that, uh, her, her first... Uh, 10 years or so, 10 or really first 20 years uh, in the workforce was in childcare. So on top of that, uh, God revealed to us uh, that we would probably not be able to have kids in, in, that, in that way. And then he sent a donor to us. Now he sent a donor to us about six years ago. Um, that would supply uh, the sperm um, remotely, and, and we would take care of the shipping and everything. And you know, it was it was a strange concept for me to, to think about because you know, what are people going to think about her not being mine? Is she going to is she going to bond with me, or is he going to bond? Whoever the child was going to be, he or she. Um, and so it took probably another two and a half to three years uh, for me to pray. And it came down to, uh, I really want to give this to my wife. And I had to examine my motives. And uh, we ended up moving forward with the donor. Um, and he shipped his, his sperm uh, over to us all the way from California and uh, we were not we did not have to use a doctor so it was a lot more it was it was a special moment and I wasn't expecting anything at first but you know uh, w with that first attempt but uh, you know within within a month with within a couple of months uh, we found out that that uh, it, you know, there was a 15% chance that it was going to work the way we did it. And uh, that 15% is all God needed. He actually could have done it with a lot less than that. Um, and then we have our, our little girl. And all of those fears and all of those uh, struggles, they hurt. They hurt a lot. And, um, you know, of all of the pain that I've, you know, I've had, I've had 43 surgeries. That's Four, z, uh, four, three, if I can make the hand, um, 43 surgeries in my lifetime, and most of those were before the age of 18. Um, I was 
ridiculed and made fun of and things along those lines when I was a kid because I was different. Uh, but the, the thing that was the most painful to me in my entire life was the thought of not having children and not being able to provide that uh, for my wife. And what it did for me is it actually, it brought me to a place where, you know, I, you know, I tell people that without Christ, I'm a jerk and I, I, I'm an absolute jerk, um, selfish. I struggle with, with um, being too bold and, 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 you know, I can accidentally put somebody down without meaning to. I just have that dry tone and, and this really broke me. It really put me in a place where I actually had to depend on someone else's strength. I had to depend on the strength of the Lord to get me through uh, the day, um, on, on the daily. So we were, uh, you know, struggling financially. We were struggling emotionally. We were struggling in our marriage. We were struggling spiritually. And it all had to do with this, this one condition. But what it did is it, it brought me to a, a, a level of dependence that I, again, just like being disabled, I wouldn't have had. I would have been that self-reliant, that self-sufficient, hey, let's have six kids in, in the next eight years kind of person. And, uh, you know, that wasn't God's will. And I'm thankful because I got to know Jesus in a, in a lot deeper way because of that struggle. And uh, coach, I, I, I admire you. I, I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to visit with you and, and get to know you. I just want to encourage you that uh, those daily struggles of just trying to find out what is my purpose today, just, just lean in, lean into Christ. And, um, and if there's no immediate answer, that's okay too. That's okay. Um, just continue to depend on him and for his strength. And he will, he will, without fail, he will provide that for you. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, uh, I understand that you're, you're doing the YouTube and, and what else? Are you a, how else are you able to to use what has happened in the past two and a, two and a half years to reach people? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, well, with all this, um, everything I had <coughs> uh, owned is gone, been taken away from me. Okay. And like Joe said, um, the Lord gives. And they did, did uh, but he also can take away. But it be the Lord. And, you know, um, I don't know what his plans are. I just kind of know that what I, who I am as a person as far as coaching. And, no, I can't, I can uh, coach. It takes a while to get there and do things because we have to get ourselves privy. But, now, my thing is, I can hope maybe with one truthful story and maybe a moment for some to point 
that somebody hits podcast near me and are real with themselves and might be some book same boat. No, I don't know. But no, I got first. You know, I I would say yes, I would. I would. But when I really am truthful, I put my wife first and then put on my family. Then work in baseball. Then if I had time, make God. Okay? That's all I've done. Um I didn't have my party break. And you know what? You might not have a problem at all. I ain't, Awesome job, but I'm not. I'm not asking for answers. Um, I'm done. I'm done to do either way. I had no no reason to. And all I'm saying is, get the party straight and um, do what's right because you'd be surprised. When I left on Easter Sunday, and you know, besides the point that um, my patient family. In the morning, um, I I walked away. I strolled away, and um, I finally, first time, I had a clear mind and heart um, that I had no enemies, and no nothing on my chest. All that stuff was. I mean, I, to the point that I tried to do exactly what God said. Now, understand? I still gonna sin because we're sinners and you know it's the end of the day um you know it it's one of the things that better better than you know as long as you know what being said the guilty factor happens in the heart and it never happened in the heart before because i didn't know what you said and that's different to me now and before the only bad that you had to sit down and have to talk to someone because you know when I look before my drug I look at my outside of my body and you know it was pretty good. I mean oh, it was okay. Um my soul has always been my soul for the most part. But my spiritual side was kinda iffy. Now my spiritual side is growing and it's got a good foundation. My soul still is safe. My outside of my body now is messed up. So, um, you know, we'll see first. But, you know, I'm getting the point that you don't want it either kind of way. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, but that's either said and done. I, I still at the point that I, I miss who I was as far as what I did, but I don't miss how I did things. And that's the difference. And, you know, I can't take back what I did or who I was, um, but I can't believe in the quote I always said forever. And I'm not start, but how you finish. And I've been playing my best the last two and a half years. Well, a year and a half. I wouldn't say I was quitting when I first started, but um, the finish off right, you know, finish off like a good Christian would, because at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, what's what definition of quote unquote a Christian before my throat? Man, uh, 
you dropped some some incredible nuggets there and uh i miss the things i can do but i don't miss the way i did them uh gosh we could spend the rest of the afternoon talking about that um what an amazing outlook um you know i, I I, I, I get it. I understand to a fraction of a degree because, um, you know, for those of, of you that, that would be listening uh, to the, the broadcast that knew me as a kid, I wasn't in a wheelchair. Um, and I wasn't in a wheelchair until uh, uh, it was about uh, 2013. And I was actually... I was a youth pastor, and I was running around with my kids, uh, you know, with my students, and I was hanging out with them, and, uh, you know, we would have lock-ins, and when we had have lock-ins, we had the most ADHD hyperactive youth group I think I've ever known, and the reason is probably because I am too. Um, so we were very, very, very physically active. Um, and then I, I had an accident. I was carrying a box. And, um, you know, the only thing I used to wa use to, to m get around was, was some leg braces. Um, you know, I've always had a wheelchair, but I did about 95% of my time on my feet. And I was, I was carrying a box. And I felt something go in my back. And I felt like I stepped on power lines and just shot up my leg. And... Um, you know, that was in 2013 and here in 2021, I'm trying to get back on my feet. So, um, that sense of loss, uh, you know, with the infertility for me and even with that injury, um, to just a, a fraction of a degree coach, I, I can relate to, uh, that sense of loss or I miss the things that I could, I used to be able to do. I definitely don't miss how I did them, you know, and the way I would, the way I would kind of wrap that up is I miss the way my body used to function, but the way God has developed what has happened to me since then, he's used my broken body to fix how my head functions and how my heart functions and if my heart functions the way god wants my heart to function uh, then the things that come out of my body in in the form of words in the form of kindness in the form of deeds in actions and uh, they're going to be his will and i'm so thankful for that and um, Coach, I, I really pray that you're there. And if you're not, I pray that you get there. Uh, the, the Lord is faithful through it all. You know, my, one of my favorite prophets of the Old Testament to quote is a guy who never, ever got a chance to laugh. Um, he was called the weeping prophet, and that's Jeremiah. And some of the most encouraging words in the entire New Testament came out of the darkest portions of 
Israel's history as they're getting ready to go into captivity. And Jeremiah says, but wait, wait. This is what God says. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And the nation hears that and they look at their circumstances and their circumstances, they suck. And they're awful. They're going into slavery. And Jeremiah is saying this. Well, we can look at our circumstances and I say, Lord, prosper me. What? Was I, was I left out of that promise? No, we were not. None of us. None of us who are called according to his purpose and his plan and redeemed by his blood. None of us are exempt or left out of that promise. And though our circumstances here in this moment may not, uh, may not feel reflective of that promise, the promise is real. And the great thing about this, Coach, is you and I are gonna we're gonna be able to cast our bodies away and get new ones, <laughs> and we're gonna be able to do the things that that. Uh, that we used to, uh, running around and, and uh, you know, climb, I used to climb trees as a kid. And, uh, you know, um, wife and I lived in Colorado. We were mountain climbing and all kinds of stuff that probably I shouldn't have done with someone, uh, as someone with spina bifida. But um, regardless, we're going to be able to do the things that that we used to do and even so much more. Um, so all of this is temporary but we're not and if we can keep that in mind you know Paul tells us that the, the trials and the tribulations and the failures and the hardships of this world pale in comparison to the glories that await us and man I, I hold on to that I, I hold on to it for dear life sometimes because life hurts. Uh, and, and I know that the, the folks that will be listening to this broadcast, uh, they can relate to that. Life hurts. And I know that, that you can relate to that, uh, Coach. And uh, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening. And I want to encourage you, Coach. I hope I can. I hope that uh, I hope that the words that 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 you're hearing are are such that they're encouraging to you. Um, and that is, you know, life life hurts, but God is good. God is good all of the time, even when our bodies tell him tell us he's not. And even when our circumstances, and even when our finances, and even when our, you name the struggle, our, our health, you know, God's good all the time, regardless of the circumstances. And that goes back to that, that attitude first mentality, that attitude is the only, the number one and the only thing that we really have control over. And I think it's also the hardest thing in the world 
to maintain control, but it's the only thing that we actually have access to control. And I think if we, if we do that on the daily, on the hourly, every chance that we think of it, you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this thing called life that sometimes doesn't feel good. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned too is if it doesn't feel good, it's okay. It's okay for it to not feel good. It's not supposed to. It's not heaven. And it's another reason to celebrate what we have to look forward to as Christians. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Coach, I want to thank you for the amazing privilege of um, having you on today and, and hearing your story. Uh, brother, my wife and I are going to keep you in prayer on the daily. Um, Coach, I, I, I want to thank you. Man, you've gone through so much. I want to thank you for your authenticity. You didn't sugarcoat a thing today. Uh, the, the fact that you're, you're man enough to say, this sucks so bad that I cry about it every day. Uh, that, that is, that is, that takes a lot of courage and uh, I, I salute you. And I thank God that I had the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Uh, folks, uh, stay tuned. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is episode three of the UN Attitude. Uh, it's a growing podcast. What I'd ask that you do is please, uh, if give us uh, some stars on on Spotify, and not only that, share it with with your friends, your family. If there's a way that what Coach or myself said today can help someone that you know, please get this episode into their hands for them to listen to. And uh, we just want to uh, we just want to reach as far as we can uh, to help as many people as we can. And with that, we'll call it a wrap. Thank you. Thanks.